Well, good morning, church. This morning's sermon is called Conversations with God. That's what prayer is. Prayer is a conversation with the Lord. Uh, we're going to find ourselves in Ephesians chapter 3. So if you don't mind, turn in your Bible to Ephesians chapter 3. We're going to be reading from verses 14 to 21. I'm reading out of the CSB. And if you don't mind, please stand for the reading of God's Word. And it reads this way, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. I pray that he may grant you, according to his riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power, in your inner being through his spirit, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you, being rooted and firmly established in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length and width, height and depth of God's love, and to know Christ's love that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God through the power that works in us. Now to him who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever Amen. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you for your riches and glory that you've bestowed on your children, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for Jesus. We thank you for the Holy Spirit, Lord, that occupies us, that because of that, we are the Lord's temple the Lord's holy people, we ask that you would feed us this day, that you would teach us, Lord, how to pray, that we are to be in constant communion with you, having constant conversations with you, laying all things before you, Lord. So would you this day, Lord, so deeply impress these truths in our hearts and that you would forgive us, Lord, for when we have not, approached you in prayer, Lord, when we have not spent time with you. But this day, Lord, continue to feed us, help us to grow in you, be closer to you, know you better. We lay these things before you, thanking you in advance, knowing that you are a good God and that you take care of our needs. And our most precious need is to know you, O oh Lord. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. You may be seated. We need um, God in every aspect of our lives. We want to know God. We want to be known by God. And as we pray, we build the trusting relationship in and with God. Um, there's a book by H.B. Charles, and it's called It Happens After Prayer, and it's actually in, in our bookstore. And in that book, 
H.B. Uh, Charles uh, tells a story about a guy who became a licensed master plumber. Now, a licensed master plumber is just not a regular plumber. The licensed master plumber is the boss. He is the one who has the plumbing knowledge and other plumbers work for him. So it's not an easy task to become a master, a, a licensed master plumber, especially in, in bigger places, in major cities. So this guy gets his master plumber's license, and, and he's really excited, and a friend of him takes him to Niagara Falls, and he looks over at the falls, and as he's looking at it, he says, I can fix this. How often do we look at problems that are insurmountable and say, I can fix this? What tool would he need? Who would he have to be? What resources does he have to fix this? Not only that, he's looking to fix something that's not broken. Just think about that in the spiritual realm, how limited we are. Yes, this guy has accomplished something. He is a licensed master plumber. But as he looks at the Niagara Falls and thinks, there's something I can do about this. So many things in our lives are insurmountable. That is one of the reasons why we must pray. All that comes our way, we are to take to the Lord in prayer. I, I especially like that story because I used to be a plumber. Paul prays his prayer for the church of Ephesus while he is in prison. That, that's a, that's a, a, a big deal. Because you can, you can tell a lot about a person by how they pray and, more importantly, what they pray. Prayer is a conversation with God. We have all kinds of conversations every single day. What kind of conversation that we have with individuals is determined by a couple of things. One is how frequently we interact with one another. Our conversations go a certain way when we are very familiar with each other and when we know each other, and our conversations are some, somewhat different when that level of intimacy is not there. When we haven't spoken to someone in a long time, it's a lot more formal, and it usually isn't conversations that go too deep. It stays kind of surface. Another factor in the conversations that we have with one another is um, what the relationship is, right? We can interact with each other often, but the type of relationship we have with one another dictates what we talk about, how, how, what we expose about 
ourselves? What um, is the subject matter? All of those things determine like closeness and, and it determines like position that we hold with one another. You can speak to someone the same amount of words in a day and it can be in depth, but what their position is, what your position is, what their relationship to you is, determines what that is you're going to be speaking about. So we all have these verbal interactions, and we also have these communications with God. How is it that we speak to God? And what is it that we speak to God about? Some think, why pray at all? Uh, God knows everything. He knows my thoughts before they enter my mind. He is in control of all history. Um, so why bother praying? And, and the answer lies in what do you think about when you think about prayer. See, if you think prayer to God is only a duty, then that prayer is going to sound a certain way. Sometimes it may be mechanical. And if it's only I go to God when I need something, is going to sound a certain way. Prayer is not only a Christian duty, and it is. God commands us to pray. Prayer is a privilege. For, for us to be able to have conversation with the Almighty God, wow, what a privilege. That is not something to be taken lightly. It is something that we need to really say, thank you, God, that I have that type of access to you because we don't have the same level of access to everyone. We may want access to someone, but if on their part they don't allow that access, then we don't have it. It's not granted to us. But we can't look at prayer where we go to God for some type of control in our lives or in this world, because then when we ask God for something and we don't get exactly what we want, we consider that an unanswered prayer. The truth of the matter is, if you belong to God, everything you pray to him, he hears. He not only hears, he responds. And if we view our prayers as conversation with God, if we view our prayers where we recognize God always is listening to his children, then it is going to meet our deepest needs. God might not do everything you want him to do the way you want him to do it and when you want him to do it, but he does hear you. 
He is listening. He is concerned. But we sometimes uh, misinterpret even scriptures in the Bible to think, if I say something, God is to respond to me the way I would have him respond to me. So a scripture like, take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. That's in Psalm 37, verse 4. Well, if you interpret that to mean, because I take delight in God, when I ask him for something, he must do it, and it is guaranteed that he's going to do it the way that I want him to do it, then you're going to be disappointed. Because that is not what that scripture is speaking about. It is actually speaking about if you take delight in God over and above everything else in your life, he will shape your heart so that the things that you want are in line with the things that he wants. Prayer is a lot more about me bending my will to God understanding what his will is and wanting what he wants because I trust him, because I love him, because I know that he's all wise, that he's everywhere, that he knows all things, that he's all powerful, that he is good. Paul is in prison and Paul is having this conversation with God, and he's praying to God. And the first thing that the text says is, for this reason, I kneel before the Father. One of the things that we recognize right away is Paul's posture. You know, when we're speaking to people, um, we have a posture. Sometimes it comes out in tone. Sometimes it comes out in facial expression, which is something like that I have to always work on because my face doesn't always actually show how I'm feeling. Pastor Angelo's been telling me that for years. He's like, Reg, you know what you got to work on? You're saying the right things, but when I'm looking at your face, it almost gives a different message. But as you get to know me, you, you kind of know, well, that's just his messed up face. But posture matters, and, and it comes across in many different ways. And here we see that Paul is kneeling, that Paul is on his knees. The Bible does not tell us how our physical posture must be when we approach God but we certainly have a posture in our heart in the way that we approach God. And often the way we are and the way we physically approach God determines the posture of our heart. Another thing that we see here is not only that Paul kneels, but he kneels before the Father. Father determines relationship. So as we just spoke, depending on the relationship you have with another, it has a lot to say about the conversation 
that you're going to have and the way you're going to approach that person. So if God is father, then Paul is son. Paul's not a stranger. Paul is more than a friend. Paul is not a peer of God's, is not his, his brother. It is a child to his father. When we pray, we normally pray to the father through the son by the spirit. There's other ways to pray. We, we, at times, we pray to Jesus, we pray to the Holy Spirit, but normally speaking, we're praying to the Father. We're praying through the Father, through the Son, and by the Spirit. But this is not any Father. This is not an earthly Father, but the Father. Verse 15 says, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named the redemptive act of Christ put Paul, put you and I in the position to address God as Father. It goes on to say, I pray that you may, that he may grant you. I pray that he may grant you. Listen to the posture in Paul's words and how he's addressing God. My parents used to tell me all the time, you can say anything to me. Just always be aware of who you're speaking to. I could not speak to them in the same way that I would address a peer of mine. We don't tell God anything. We ask him. We, we don't lay claim to promises in a form of demand. We ask him. So we have promises with God, but we don't speak to God in a way like, give me this now. Right. We are obligated and we are promised, like our, it's an unsaid thing, if you're my child, you'll eat. But let one of my kids come to me and say, dinner, now. They're going to bed hungry and maybe hurt. I'm not going to say whether it's going to be feelings or physical, but hurt. How often do you hear at times people pray in a way laying claims to things that God has promised, but they speak in a forceful way as if we can demand something from God. No, we are to ask. God will supply our needs. We don't use the force of faith as if that gives us a right. Because I believe this, I'm going to say it this way, and God is just to acquiesce. No, we ask. We don't manipulate God to get our way. We ask. Paul said he prayed that he may grant. 
you. Paul's not even praying for himself. Paul is in prison and he's praying for others. He's praying for the church while he is in prison. See, because Paul has continual conversations with God, the conversation of, Paul, you're going to prison, was already had. So while Paul is in that situation, he's asking and he's asking on behalf of others. His conversation with God, not only his posture, not only him asking, but what the subject matter was. It was spiritual matters. It was an eternal matter. He he prayed for the blessings for the church. When we pray, it is fine to pray for our everyday common need. But how often are we praying for spiritual blessings? Those are the best things to pray for. We see here it says that Paul prayed for strength of the Spirit, the indwelling of Christ, and the fullness of God. What is it that these things produce in life? Those things produce every single thing that we need. He said, I pray that you, that he may grant you according to his riches and glory. He's he's praying that, God, your unlimited resources to be strengthened, spiritually energized with power in your inner being through his spirit. We need power from the Holy Spirit. That's what Paul was praying, and that Christ may dwell, that he would make his home. There's a story about Abraham when Jesus came in the Old Testament with two angels and comes to Abraham and says, your wife is going to have a child. It was God and two angels. And Abraham invited the men for a meal. And they sat down and dwelt with them, had a meal with them. And then they got up to leave. And the two angels went on to Sodom and Gomorrah. But Jesus wasn't with them. That's called a Christophany when you see Jesus in the Old Testament manifest himself. He wasn't with them. He did not dwell there. He did not make that a home. But with Abraham, he dwelt. So, so, so where is telling us here and where Paul is praying that you would be, may Christ dwell. Make his home in your heart. That's what he's talking about. Through faith. So as you trust God, Jesus dwells with you. He says, I pray that you being rooted and firmly established in love, your roots will grow down to God's love. It will keep you strong. Roots provide both nourishment and stability. 
roots keep you in the storms of life, that you're not blown back and forth. They nourish you in the droughts of life. Paul is praying that they would know God so well that no matter what comes, faith is not us knowing the future and all that is coming. Why do we want to know those things anyway? We always want to know, hey, what's going to happen next? So we're asking God what's going to happen next. Why? So that we can prepare with our limited resources that he's going to have to supply anyway so we could get like ahead of the curve? No, we need to know him. See, because he has you in his hands. You belong to him. Your tomorrows are in his hands. You cannot cancel your appointment with trouble. If I tell you about tomorrow and trouble's coming, you can't get away from it. Trouble is coming. You can't control everything that happens in your life, but you can control how you respond to the things that happen in your life. And what are we called to do? We are called to take it to God in prayer. This is an option that believers have that the world doesn't. We have God in every single circumstance. And the only way we're going to know God is by spending time with him in his word, in prayer. As we pray, there are many things that happen. One of the things that happens is you will recognize you are not God. Very important for us to recognize that because we always want to take lordship and ownership of our own life, our circumstances, what's going to happen, the way it's going to happen, and what we're going to do. We are not God, we need someone that knows, that not only knows, that can do something about it. When these Niagara Fall moments come and we got a wrench in our hand talking about, I can fix this, we need to know we're not God. Another thing that prayer does, it helps us realize we are not the center of the universe. That's one of the things that we so have a tendency to do. This is about me. Paul, sitting in jail, probably chained to a Roman soldier on his knees, which I don't know what position that puts the soldier in, is praying in a spiritual way for the church. It is not about us. Prayer shows us actually our dependence on God, that we are to surrender all of these things to someone else. Prayer helps us to communicate how we really feel about something. It's usually when we start speaking to God knowing that we must be transparent with him, that 
the way we really feel about something starts to come out. And, and, and God can handle that. We need to work through those things with God. We need to lay it out raw, remembering who we're speaking to, but being extremely transparent. Right now, I would just like to choke this person out, God. That's how I really feel. I am hurt. And as we bring what we really feel about a situation to God, he helps us work through that. But when we don't, and we're speaking to ourselves, and we're letting that thing go around and around and around, I don't know about you, I could have a mental argument to the point where I'm steaming by the end of it. I'm like, the person ain't even here. It just might not even be true about them. We, we don't keep them things to ourselves, or even worse, talk to others about that. Bring it to the Lord. What happens when we pray? We get to trust that God is with us. God starts to reveal to us in so many ways, I am there. He, he reminds us of other things that we've walked through and how he brought us through. He, he does things in certain ways where we can acknowledge God did that. Often God protects us in certain ways, and when we are not in prayer, we think it's happenstance, we think we did it, we think it just fell that way. No, no, no. God is in control of every single thing. So one of the things that happens is we recognize that God is with us, and because we recognize that God is with us, it gives us a certain faith to step forward, to step up to recognize I'm not walking alone, and because I'm not walking alone, I can fight this battle. I can submit to this situation. I can not be worried that this circumstance before me is too big for me to handle because it's not about me, because God is in control, because he has my days numbered and every one of them planned out. And as we interact with him, we recognize this. It says that, I pray that you being rooted and firmly established in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length and width, height, in depth, depth of God's love, and to know Christ's love that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God to the power that works within you. Now to him who is able to do above and beyond all that we can ask or think according to the power that works within us as we think about Christ's love that is wide enough. It's been said it's wide enough to reach the whole world and beyond. It's long enough to stretch from eternity to eternity. It's high enough to raise both Gentiles and Jews to heavenly places in Christ Jesus. 
It is deep enough. It's deep enough to rescue people from sin, degradation, and even from the grips of Satan himself. That's how deep, that's how high, that's how long, that's how wide God's love is. Paul recognized that even saying those things, that God's love was immeasurable. He could not measure it. It could not be put in words. Ultimately, God's love is unknowable because he says it surpasses understanding. What a great thing for us to know that our faculties cannot even comprehend how much God truly loves us. You can come up, worship team. It says, to him, be glory in the church in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. As we engage in this week of prayer, as you think about your personal prayer life, the posture that you take, who God is as our Father and us being his children, how we cannot even comprehend how much God loves us, how he hears every single prayer. Not only does he hear every single prayer, the Holy Spirit prays for us in areas we don't even need, know we need prayer for. He teaches us how to pray. He assists us in prayer. That we can call God Father because of the redemptive work of Christ. That we can come to God on bended knee or walking down the street, whether we're laying in our beds or here sitting in a chair, and because of the presence of the Holy Spirit, we are brought right into the throne room of God. That we could pray corporately or individually and know that God hears and that God answers, and it matters that we speak to our Heavenly Father because it is commanded for us to do it, and it is a privilege that we could even speak to God the one who made us, the one who has our numbers, our days numbered, the one who has taken dust and breathed life into it. It says in Psalm 139, Lord, you have searched me and know me. You know when I sit down and when I stand up. You understand my thoughts from far away. You observe my travels and my rest. You are aware of all my ways before a word is on my tongue. You know all about it, Lord. You have encircled me. You have placed your hand on me. This wondrous knowledge is beyond me. It is lofty. I am unable to reach it. Oh, my God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that we can come to you and that we can speak to you. So this week, 
as we come together as a church, starting out with gratefulness, thank you, Lord, thanksgiving, petitioning God just to say, God, I see your hand. I understand your love to the ability that I can. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you that you love me beyond I can fathom. And that this is just the beginning of how you are displaying your love to your people. As we come later in the week and petition God for things, things that we may have been praying on for a long time. Sometimes he's going to say, wait. Sometimes he's going to say, Yes, sometimes he's going to say no. But to know how much God loves us and his ways are higher than our ways, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts, as high as the heaven is from the earth. So we can trust in him that we are in his care, that we are in his hands. What a beautiful thing. Would you stand with me, church, so we can pray? which is our duty and our privilege, which we can bow and posture, where we could be on bended knee and posture in our hearts to the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, that we have an audience with him. Not as someone on some waiting list, waiting to see him, that he doesn't even know your name, but it says, knows your thoughts before you even think them. He knows the amount of hairs you have on your head. He has his, your name written in the palm of his hand. He saves your tears in a bottle. This is the one that we're approaching, our heavenly father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God, that we can approach you as children. That we can go past all the gates and all the layers to get to you and be in the holies of holies before you, O oh God. We want to start by saying thank you, Lord. We ask, Lord, that you forgive us, Lord, for at times just praying out of routine in a mechanical way. That you would help us to recognize that we are to constantly have conversations with you, Lord. The one we can't run from, the one we try to run from, the one we need to run to. With all things, big and small, teach us to pray, Lord. Teach us, Lord, to set aside time to be with you, O oh God. Teach us to stop speaking to ourselves in our heads, but continually speak to you, Lord, about all things. Recognizing that you hear us, that you care, that you're moving on our behalf, Lord. We look so forward to this year and what you're doing in each one of our lives, Lord. 
And we want to just start it out by saying thank you. We want to start it out by saying we trust you, Lord. We want to start it out by saying have your way, Lord. Deepen our intimacy with you. Let that start by us opening your word, Lord, and being in our prayer closet, Lord, by recognizing that we aren't the center. You are, oh God. We thank you. We thank you for what you're doing in each one of our hearts and what that is going to produce as you strengthen us, Lord that we would go out and glorify you, proclaiming your name on the mountaintops, Lord, with every breath that we have left and the time that you have given us, that we are co-heirs with Christ, that we are your holy priesthood, and that you are setting us on mission, and that we could be about the Father's business, but in this time, Lord, just teach us to be with you, just to sit with you, just to quiet ourselves, Lord, to bask in your goodness, Lord, in your presence, O oh God. How sweet it is just to spend time with you, Lord, be able to worship you, commune with you, talk with you, O oh God, hear from you. I want to hear you, Lord. Would you do that for us, oh God? We petition you for these things, thanking you in advance, knowing that you said the prayers of the righteous avail of much, Lord. That you do satisfy our needs when they're in line with your will, oh God. And you will for us to be with you. So we look forward to what that means and what it looks like, Lord and what that's going to produce for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you, church. Remember, and you can be sure that he who started a good work in you will bring it to completion in the day of Christ Jesus. Amen.